0: Well, here we are as we wrap up September, and it was a busy day yesterday in terms of uh, Defender Athletics. And uh, I'm joined today by Matt Boss and Ian Eshelman, and we are going to talk about the soccer games from yesterday, a little bit of football, some cross country, some hockey, some women's volleyball, men's and women's golf, and we're going to talk about the taco truck yesterday. Did did you partake of the of, of the uh, La Trelita? At the soccer games yesterday, Matt. Well, that's well, that's well, what I thought about all the way to Sioux City. Is I don't get to do this. Did you take part at least?
1: Yes, I did, and that was on my mind all day yesterday. I just could not wait for the taco truck. It was muy bien, if I do say so myself.
0: <laughs> very, very, very good. So uh, that led into a great night of soccer for the women's and men's teams, and uh, you were there to watch both games and. I think I checked the live stats, and it was 2-1 or 3-1, and I didn't bother to look at who had scored those goals up to that point. And then you send me a text saying, what's the single game record for goals scored? And I thought, well, maybe I better check what's happening. And Avril Bacom, uh, not only did she score six goals, she had the first six,
1: correct? She had the first six, a double hat trick, if that's such a thing. I don't know. I don't know if that's what you technically call it, but... Yeah, and she did she, it multiple ways. Yeah,
0: I was going to say, first four were flukes, so they didn't defend her, or what? I mean,
1: <laughs> the, the funny thing is, she had scored four, and then in the second half, they pretty much put a player on her wherever she Marked went, her, yeah. and were real physical. And for 10 minutes or so, it was effective. But Avril is so fast, and she just blew by the defender and got two more in the second half, and... She did it multiple ways. She did it from afar. She did it really close to the goal. Uh, she did one off of a Jory Brauner rebound off of a shot by Jory and the rebounded off the keeper. So a number of different ways, and Avril just had one of those nights where it. she found the back of the net often.
0: And she was being helped, uh, and I, I, I'm i sorry, I always mess up the Tell sisters. Karina. Karina. Karina set her up several times. I mean, you, you obviously – obviously you're talented to score those goals but you need you need some help and uh, there was a lot of help last night
1: Karina is a threat up front as well they both are on the outside and they switch they play up front as well it's hard to take them both away and they're both very similar in that they have a lot of speed they can beat you one on one and yeah Dakota Wesleyan just struggled taking taking didn't have an, didn't have an answer
0: Normally, Jory Bronner scoring two goals would be the story of the night. I mean, uh, the avril Becom game obviously overshadows Jory's performance, but Jory had a, a good offensive
1: evening as well. She had six points, two goals, two assists, um, and she was effective as well. And she, her last goal was probably the most impressive off a set piece from, what, 35 to 40 yards yeah. out. Just put it right on net, and it was a beautiful shot.
0: Comes on the heels of a disappointing loss to Midland on Saturday. And unfortunately, unfortunately, Dort needed a bounce back because that loss on Saturday night was disappointing.
1: Yeah, coming off the high from Concordia, scoring a goal in the last minute. Uh, they had a little momentum. And then Saturday, it started strong. Dort led 1-0 at the half, a goal by Bacombe but uh, gave up an early one in that second half, and then Midland has the momentum, and they put another one midway through. Uh, A disappointing loss, but Midland, incidentally, is a team ahead of them in the conference, so... You know, Midland is going to be right there in the end as well.
0: Single round robin. I always think that changes the complexion of things as well through the course of the conference year. Uh, Women's soccer, they have a match coming up on Saturday afternoon. That's a non-conference test. That'll be with Bellevue. Bellevue typically has had uh, pretty good soccer, and it appears this year is no different.
1: It's going to be a uh, strong test for the defenders. Their final uh, non-conference game before conference play really picks up steam over the final three and a half weeks. So one more uh, non-conference practice test for the upcoming GPAC schedule.
0: Men's soccer, they have won three in a row now in the conference, and then you take a look back, you start looking back, and they had a couple of those 0-0 ties. They had a game with uh, Co that in all likelihood they were going to win, but that ends up getting weathered out. This team hasn't lost since first weekend in September, correct?
1: Correct. It's been a, a six match unbeaten streak 40 and2 during that time. Um, so an impressive showing for the defenders. about last night's match, the thing that I like the most is 10 different Dort players scored a point, meaning a goal or an yeah. assist. Um, and that just shows the balance and you have a number of players that can hurt you, hurt the opponent, uh, in a number of different ways.
0: Men's soccer, uh, be, when you start winning contests, the reality is you also become much more, the likelihood of winning some awards presents itself. And I had a couple of athletes earn player of the week honors this past week.
1: Blake Hansen, who's been the, the Defenders' best goal scorer for the last two, two and a half years now, got honored. He had a big week last week. He had two, including the game winner, against Concordia, and then he assisted on the one goal down at Midland on Saturday, so a nice honor for him. And then speaking of the Midland game, Mitchell Dryden, the goalkeeper for the Defenders, nine saves, and he was phenomenal in that win over Midland.
0: And uh, they both end up Player of the Week. I didn't realize until last night I was looking at uh, career numbers and men's soccer, uh, Blake Hansen, 21 goals scored. I mean, uh, you get past 20 in terms of your career, especially when you're a defensive-oriented team like Dort has been,
1: he's putting together a nice career. Very very much so. He's been the top goal scorer the last two years, continues to do it this year. He has more help. Um, but Blake, with 21 goals, that's not easy to do, and he's, and he's stayed healthy, and that's the important thing, too. That's
0: men's and women's soccer and that's what's coming up. Uh, Football on Doan, I don't know what more to say about that than hasn't already been said. Um, It was just like dominoes started to fall. Both you and uh, Ian were there as well and uh, we had... I never want to make it sound like injuries are an excuse but they they are a part of the story of the game and... Dort already down an offensive lineman and Walter Black. Then you lose Alex Heisman on the extra point. That's the left side of your offensive line. And from my limited knowledge of football, you call plays oftentimes based on the personnel that are available to you. And when you've got Walter Black and Alex Heisman, you probably have a pretty wide ranging playbook. Walter Black not there, it maybe shrinks a little bit. You lose your two-time All-American and Alex Heisman. The playbook, unfortunately, shrinks, and that's part of the story of the game is that the opponent then can has a much more limited number of plays that they need to worry about.
1: And the strength of Doan was where? It was their defense. Defense, yeah. Especially their defensive line. Talked to the coaches ahead of time a little bit, and they were – They were concerned about the uh, donus very good, very stout against the run. Very active. And and that showed in that game. It was a defensive struggle. Both defenses, I thought, played outstanding. The Dort defense gave up just the one big play on a a little uh, screen pass off to the side there. And, yeah, just a tough loss all around.
0: And, uh, Ian, you were on the public address and you watched. And, as Matt said, it was just the one – big offensive play for Doan and at the same time I kept thinking okay Dort's gonna break one we're gonna Mm -hmm. break a run somebody's gonna break one and it just never happened
2: right Dort, Dort definitely had some opportunities to to potentially break the game open and put them away um and and yeah honestly they could have avoided overtime at a couple of different points um you know just stretch stretching out a little bit of a lead but they they let them hang around and um, yeah don't don't have an opportunity at the end and they they took advantage of it
0: yeah and losing uh Hayden Large for the for the that game i think from the middle of the second quarter on you were without Hayden who's our has turned into uh, one of our best off downfield threats uh, lost a starting cornerback on an extra point or on a blocked field goal uh, it was it was just a, a strange afternoon and you get to overtime and it's fourth and goal at the one and you can't get in, and then they've got the strength of their team, defense, and their, their kicker is a pretty good kicker, and uh, he makes one at the end of regulation, one in overtime to win it. They've got a bye week this week. I think it's a great time for a bye week, I would imagine. The coaches do as well. The problem is you got to sit on that loss for a, a few days, but I think uh, you, you you take care of this week. You try to get the people healthy. You assess who you've got available and then you make plans for Mount Marty next Friday night. And we do want to note that that is a Friday night contest next week. And uh, that is due to some other activities happening on the Yankton High School field, which they share with Mount Marty. So that's football. Cross country, uh, Roy Griak invite. You went up there, Matt, watched our men perform and uh, performed pretty well.
1: It was an outstanding effort by the men's team. It was just a men. The, the women did not go. It's a huge meet. The meet feels like a national championship feel. There's over 350 runners uh, in what race Dort competed in. There's multiple races on the day. Um, and so just get a glimpse of this if you can visualize it. So there's 350 runners at the start, but about 500 meters down the the path where they got to get through Funnels shrinks, down fast, yeah, yeah. It funnels down, and so... A fast start is imperative, much like what the NEI championships will be. Yeah. Uh, and so just just seeing that, getting to experience that for these Dort athletes and for the Dort runners was good. Um, three runners in the top 20, Eric Steiger, Davis Tebin, and uh, Joe Anderson. It's the first time ever that Dort has had three that far up, up on the podium, if you will. Um, Steiger led the way. Uh, outstanding effort in his first race of the season. Overall, Dort's team finished fifth, highest ever finish, best finish at the GRIAC. The only NEI school to beat them was uh, Indiana Wesleyan, the number one team.
0: And um, when you start looking at the timing and just to try to educate folks on cross-country, the points are basically the places. And in a race of this magnitude, this coming week in Sioux City, you might be nine seconds behind an Indiana Wesleyan runner at this race this week in Sioux City, and it's probably only only going to result in one or two points difference. At Roy Griak, the invite, because of the quality of the field, if you're nine seconds behind a team you're really competing with for a team place— you're probably losing anywhere from 7 to 12 points because of how compacted that field is.
1: Correct, and Dort ran into that. I think it was the difference between Thaniel and Peter Shippy. separated by 2, maybe 3 seconds, but in terms of points or places, it was about a gap of 20. Yeah. So just the number of runners there. A good experience for this Defender men's team. They're a veteran crew. They've been at the NEI Championship looking ahead, but just a good a good practice run for that.
0: I'm really curious to see many of those, all of the men's runners who ran on Saturday, or Friday at GRIAC will not run this week at Sioux City, is my understanding. Me too. And so I'm curious to see what the runners who are typically, or have been are 8 through 12 up to this point, how they run now because they are, they're they're the lead pack for our team. So I'm really curious to see how they react.
1: That, and also a lot of them are young. They're right. freshmen, and so they're still adjusting to the 8K. And you are right. I'm anxious to see what Saturday will hold for the men, and then it will get, be good to get the women competing again. They've had a, three weeks since their last race.
0: Ian, let's talk hockey. Dallas Baptist. Uh, didn't want to travel down to Dallas. Didn't want to hop on the bus and take in yeah. a couple of hockey games.
2: I, you know, I tried to follow as best I could from from back home. I didn't want to didn't want to make that trip to open the season. I'm excited to see uh, the hockey team open up at home yeah. this weekend with two games against Creighton. But uh, first, we'll we'll talk a little bit about uh, Dallas Baptist. Um, the Defenders came back two and yeah. um, two wins. Uh, the first win uh, in regulation, and then the second win uh, was a shootout win. Um, and so they uh, talking with uh, Coach Morgan, he told me that we were actually trailing going into the third period uh, in both games um, and, and were able to rally back. So he was very happy with how the team responded to, um, I guess, a little bit of adversity, if you will, going into the final period. He said both nights they competed really well um, and, and put themselves in a position to uh, to grab a win. Um and yes. that, those, are,
0: those are young, the, this is a pretty young team as well. I mean, he took yeah. a lot of young kids or young athletes down to Dallas, and uh, I would imagine that's a little different in that uh, hopping on a bus, traveling for 10, 12 hours, you're 18 years old, you're in your first year, first or second year of college, and going down to Dallas to compete in a couple of games, I, I can't imagine that he would have thought it could have gone much better.
2: No, I would, I would agree with that. They, uh, looking back, um, either goals or assists, we had four freshmen involved, uh, and then there were two sophomores involved in both goals and assists, uh, just in game two even. And so uh, a lot of freshmen are playing uh, significant minutes on the ice uh, for the defenders right now. Um, and, yeah, d- that adjustment to, to college and that travel, uh, especially for their first games, that's kind of a, I guess, welcome to it, right? Yeah. So, um,
0: And they didn't have uh, didn't have internet on the bus either, so I would imagine that was a very tense group by the time they got there.
2: Well, they've probably grown up with internet their whole lives, (laughs) right? The freshmen, exactly. Yeah. So
0: yeah, Um, Creighton this weekend, uh, seven o'clock face off on uh, Friday night. Is that correct?
2: Yep, seven o'clock on Friday uh, at Vernon Arena, and then uh, same team, Creighton again, one o'clock on Saturday.
0: And so an opportunity to see the uh, Defender hockey team in action. And uh, this is one of the rare weekends where there's not something else going on on campus at those times. Um, so an opportunity to, they've kind of got the center stage, if you will, Friday night and Saturday afternoon. A great opportunity to see, I, I keep wanting to call them the Blades yet, and, but the, uh, the Defenders in action. So uh, that's coming up this Friday and Saturday. Women's volleyball. It was rough on Saturday, Matt, against Concordia. Concordia, very good team, and uh, we were a little shorthanded without our starting middle crew, and uh, Concordia really took advantage of that.
1: Concordia is a quality opponent. Uh, they don't have a weakness and just, just kind of wore the defenders down. It was close within striking distance, but a shorthanded defenders team just was unable to do it on Con- Saturday.
0: Concordia was always in system. I don't know that we made them scramble at all. At not for any sustained amount of time, no, at least not
1: at all. It was it was Concordia played very well. I can't imagine them playing too much better than what they were on Saturday. Yeah, and uh, I would imagine uh, obviously they're happy with
0: that win. Briar Cliff um, last night, and uh, the defenders um, relied on A.V. Amels, and the outside hitter had eleven kills, I believe, and then uh, Isabella Cumana played well. I thought McKenna Coima, back row defensive specialist, played well and uh, went with a little different looking offense. Uh, Campbell Marshall ended up setting in the front. It's a modified 5-2 offense where Campbell will play the other half. They moved Sophie Johnson to a defensive specialist for right now. She was a libero at um, Southwest Minnesota State. So um that's nothing out of the ordinary for her now to play DS, and Megan Rassler is setting when her rotation comes up in the back row. So a little bit of an offensive shift for the defenders. Grace Langmeyer, I think she had six or seven kills as well. So it really it was, I wouldn't say a ho-hum performance, but it was the performance that the defenders needed last night.
1: Much needed, and they get to go to Yankton on Friday, another try, um, another match that they're probably favored. And it's a yeah. good good match to have, as there are a lot of players in new positions and new rotations. And then Saturday, it's going to get much tougher at College of Saint Mary.
0: One more update, and I know I think did you guys get the you got the email yesterday from Ross about the um, the woman from Jamestown? Yes. And uh, I don't know if you did or not, Ian. But um, just updating, and I'll I'll speak in general terms here again, just because I don't want to get into all the weeds and the specifics but 10 days ago when you heard us talk on the podcast last week about the medical emergency that we had on that afternoon when Jamestown was here well the woman from Jamestown is home she's out of the hospital she is home she's recovering Uh, prognosis is very positive um, there's still some recovery to do. Notice I said recovering at home, but she's good enough to be at home and uh, continuing her rehab and recovery there. And uh, it, it, it seems there is nothing to discourage thoughts of a full recovery or, I mean, something to, to very close to what she was before. So uh, I think that was taken as a very positive sign. And again, Um, she and her husband called and they were very grateful for the treatment they received both on campus and in the hospital here in Sioux Center. And so, uh, I don't know, a lot of people wondering about that. And that's, uh, that's where that is at currently. So we've covered one, two, three, four, five, six sports, seven and eight women's and men's golf and uh, they went to Salina, Kansas. Have you ever been to Salina, Ian?
2: I have been to Salina. I played a, a lot of baseball tournaments there growing up.
0: Have you ever been to the country club at Salina?
2: I can't say I've been there.
0: Okay, I thought you were going to give us a hole-by-hole I, breakdown yeah. of the Salina country club.
2: I haven't quite gotten that far into my golf career yet, <laughs> okay. so maybe someday.
0: Well, that's where they thats where they played the... Uh, the men's and women's events this past Monday and Tuesday. Men's event, a 54-hole event, uh, played 36 on Monday. Tuesday played 18. Women played 18 holes both days. And for the women, I didn't think the scores were... They ended up finishing, what, sixth out of seven teams, but pretty good competition, different course. And again... Probably didn't have the players who will end up filling the GPAC roster when the year is completed, meaning, yeah, with school class schedules and things like that, you've got to shuffle things around, but didn't have probably that team, but still, I thought... I mean, they were they were breaking. They were under ninety and ninety five for
1: everyone. That's that's not a bad day. No, I'm looking at day two specifically. Rachel Bostwick had an eighty one. You had Carrie Cruz with an eighty five. Uh, Bostwick put. She a, had a nice week. She had a great week. Uh, finished in a top ten, top ten with a one sixty four for that thirty six hole total. So again, Bostwick leads the defenders. All five scores, like you mentioned, ninety five or lower on on a brand new course. Pretty pleased, I think. Yeah.
0: The men competed very well. Um, I think it was round two on Monday that got them a little bit. They ended up, scores went up a little bit in round two, and then came back, and I had a decent day for their last 18 holes, unfortunately some other teams. Had a little better day on that day and ended up losing a spot. I think they went from fourth on day one to fifth on overall on day two. But uh, some great single-round performances. It's just a matter now of being able to put that all together over a two- and three-round competition.
1: Look at the numbers. Uh, Freddie Bullock had a 68, opening 18 holes. Dutch Farr at a 69. Lowest score uh, was a 72 by the defenders in that second round on the first day. Uh, Freddie, Colin, Klustra, and Caleb Doctor, but then in the final round, Colin Cruz. Uh, you mentioned a 60. He shot a 67, and you mentioned that's the low round for the season. And yeah, so once they put it all together, uh, those scores will come down quite a bit.
0: They have a week off now. Actually, have two weeks off, I believe, and then they go to Parkville, Missouri. Uh, they'll be playing in something, uh, an event hosted by Park University, and then they'll close it down. They'll head inside. They'll be on the golf simulator until the spring, and then it's basically get back at it for the spring, and it all culminates with the GPAC championship. All of that... All the GPAC championship, that's a change from previous years, will be competed for in the spring in April. And don't have the details on that yet. I know they were still working to secure a site and all that stuff, but it sounds like I believe the men are going to go 54-hole format with 36 holes on the first day and 18 on the second. I believe the women... There was talk of them following a similar format, but I'm, I'm not positive. But uh, I know they were working through the details of that this for this fall for the spring yet at this point.
1: I'm looking at the GPAC site. I don't know if, yeah, it's, it says 2022-23, 54 holes for both. Something. Yeah. And it's 36 day one, 18 on day two. And it looks like the men are at the Beatrice Country Club and the women will be at the Spencer Country Club in Spencer, Iowa. Really? That's what the G site says. That's my source well, right that, now. Spencer is something new. I'm yeah, like, I okay. find
2: that a, being a unique choice. But I think John mentioned to me that it is at Spencer <laughs> the other day when I was talking to him.
0: Oh, well, good. Well, are I, we hosting it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no one has talked to me yet. Okay. I mean, we,
0: well, we've got the conference outdoor track meet. Isn't that enough? Yeah, it is enough, uh, yes. Oh, we could always call Rick Schmecker in from Down and he yeah, could help us out. He's, I'm sure he would love to. He, he's always the kind of the conference host for everything. So, uh, He could have the... Uh, I think Midland hosts hosts dance and cheer,
1: and they host tennis typically, yep.
0: and that's that's kind of the standing one there. But I digress. Those are some inside jokes. Uh, did we miss anything? Fact checkers.
1: Fact check looks good for me.
0: I think we're good. All right. So uh, next time we talk to you, uh, the students will be on break in all likelihood. Where are you going for Where are you going for Heartland
1: break, Matt? Uh, I'm going back to Orange City. <laughs> And then I'm spending Friday and Saturday here yeah, on campus. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, as our athletes will.
0: Yeah, no, we're going to have uh, lots of activities, lots of opportunities, uh, cross-country meet at home next Saturday, a week from this Saturday. So if you're not doing anything, I'd uh, love to have you out on the prairie and watch that uh, cross-country meet coming up. We'll talk about that more next week. That's going to do it. For Matt Boss and Ian Eshelman, I'm Mike Biker. Have a great week.